Blog Talk Radio. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I win the fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. ERN presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie. The Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Grab in wrestling fans and get ready, because it's TNT and it's Dynamite. Night Turmoil live on the Evolution Radio. No, Network. you got the wrong show title. Not well, it is now ERN presents TNT on BTR. It's not Tuesday <laughs> night anymore, Sean. It is Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil TNT live Thursday. on BTR. And, uh, you know, it's going to take some getting used yeah. to with me announcing this, but this is Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil. Live on our new night, on our new time, I am Sadistic Sean David along with my co-host. The Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane. And the reason why the show can never be a bag of dicks, Chaotic Katie. Welcome everyone, we have a lot to discuss tonight. I want to start things off on a a heartfelt moment uh, thing um, that I shared with uh, my colleagues earlier this afternoon, and that is Mick Foley visited a 92-year-old woman in a nursing home That's um, to surprise her because she she was one of his big fans. Yeah, and that... Go ahead. The Rock did something similar. He did a Skype call with a, with a 100-year-old fan this week. I mean, that's, that's what this business is all about. Heartfelt moments like that, giving back to the community and... Uh, I thought Mick Foley doing that was something really, really cool. Now, on a downer note, um, we have to share that, unfortunately, Adam Rose uh, had some health issues, and he don't look like himself anymore. Well, what's he look like, Mother Chucker? He looks, uh, to put this as kindly as I can, he looks like he ate a smaller version of himself. Um, he was a smaller version of himself. Yeah, but it looks like he ate a version of himself, and and now he's big yeah. and kind of husky, and I feel bad for the guy. I know looks like a uh, larger, looks like a larger Leo Kruger. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, so we send him our well wishes. Uh, but he, some of some people didn't even recognize him after the transformation of his body. And uh, like I said, we wish him nothing but the best. And we're going to kick things off right now. Uh, well, the Wednesday night wars are certainly heating up. However, both uh, shows' viewership was down this week. But AEW keeps the massive lead in the younger viewership for Wednesday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, actually, the thing is, too, um, not only did AEW win, but NXT dropped further in terms of uh, in terms of listeners. Um, Watchers. Well, uh, now AEW. Now we have to. Now we have to clarify some things with this because. Um, AEW was running not just on TNT, but they also were simulcast on True TV, which was being done just in case it's a baseball game on uh, TBS because they had the uh, playoff game going on. Um, if that would have run long and the game got bumped to TNT, then at least AEW would have gone on uninterrupted. So, mm-hmm. um, just fine with me. Yeah, but here's but here's the here's the big thing, okay. Now la- now last week NXT had eight hundred and forty five thousand viewers, which was a wow. drop of eleven percent from the week before. Last night's viewership was down to seven hundred and ninety thousand. Oh, well. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, AEW. Um, as I'm sure Sean was about to say, um, overall had a viewership of about uh, one million five hundred three thousand. Yes, they oh, are wow. still doing over a million viewers. Um, now, here's the interesting thing that we haven't well, done that we're going to start doing next week. We're going to take Raw's ratings and. SmackDown's ratings and compare it to AEW on Wednesday and see if That's Raw is still ahead or SmackDown is still ahead. You see, the, the whole thing with, with having NXT on the same night as AEW, AEW is giving the fans exactly what they want and what they have needed for quite some time. So what makes you think that, that anybody is going to go watch a WWE product? And um, he's just good. I'm not going to well, say Well, but the other thing crap. about that, Katie, is you can watch NXT online the next day without any of the commercials. So why why take up the space on the DVR when you can tune in online the next day and watch yeah. it with no commercials? Right. That's what a lot of people are doing. And, it's, and people don't realize that people that are doing that aren't getting counted in the ratings on television. So that has another thing to do with it. Well, speaking of AEW... And uh, all of that. We have a promo that we want to play now that I think Steve uploaded some oh. of it from Chris Jericho. Oh, well, okay. So you so you oh, don't want to so you don't want to go to uh, talking about uh, WWE laying an egg first. Um, we can talk about that after because they, they definitely all right. let us all, right, all because, down. Because with, I also uh, because I also have the audio clip. I also have, a, have the audio clip that uh, connects to that as well, which uh, which we'll talk about because <laughs> oh that was that was pretty good in and of itself too. 
So well, yeah, and the whole we're going to talk about the art of of the promo tonight, and oh so yeah, um, you know everybody wonders why did AEW go ahead and sign Chris Jericho? Well, here's why: you just hand this man a microphone and tell him Single. to tell him to roll with it, and you'll get stuff like this. wrestling ring. Wow. Great stat, Excalibur. My name is Chris Jericho. And I am le champion of AEW. Last week, the debut episode of AEW Dynamite took the world by storm. The highest, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in TNT history, and it's all because of me. my confidants here, the four closest men to me that I've ever met. And people have been asking me all week, hey Chris, we're the five of you, are you still going to be aligned? Are you going to work together more? Do you have a name? The answer is yes to all of it. And let me explain who we are and what we're about. Look at this guy right here, Sammy Guevara. Look at him. 
He looks like a Spanish god. Look how sexy he is. And not only is he a teenage heartthrob, he's one of the greatest performers I've seen at his age in a long time. He's athletic, he's acrobatic, he is simply amazing, and he is on my list. And then look at these two psychos beside me right here, Santana and Ortiz. You might have seen them around, but I'll tell you what, they're dirtier than they've ever been. They're nastier than they've ever been. I personally recruited them to AEW, and they are ready to fight. They're angry. They're pit bulls among pit bulls. They're street fighter back alley brutes, and I like it. And that's why they made my list. Viva la raza. here. This giant behind me. You may think you know who he is, but his real name is Jake Hagar. And yeah, Jake Hagar. He's a former world champion, but more importantly, right here, right now, he is the toughest, most terrified, most crazy MMA fighter in the world today. Okay, hold on. Calm down for one second. We the people sucks and it's dead and buried. It was a stupid idea from bad creative and all that's gone. the most feared MMA fighter on the planet today and guess what he's undefeated and that's a shoot that makes him the toughest man in AEW that makes him the toughest man in the entire professional wrestling business baby So he's not afraid to challenge any fighter, wrestler, boxer, MMA guy, former MMA guy, street bum, bare knuckle fighter, you name it. Hager's ready. Look at him. He's a giant. These are my closest confidence. These are my friends. This is my inner circle. We are the inner circle, baby. And we're taking control of AEW. No matter who thinks they're in charge around here, we're in charge now. And I don't care if you're the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or that stupid son of a bitch, Cody. Oh yeah, let's talk about Cody. 
That's right, challenging me on November 9th at full gear. Cody, who's been entitled from his famous family his entire life, was born with a silver spoon in his mouth his entire life. Well, you know what, Cody? I don't like you, and I don't like your family. I don't like your father, Dusty Rhodes. I think he was a jerk. I don't like your brother, Dustin Rhodes. I think he's a mourner. I'm going to kick his ass tonight. And most importantly, Cody, on November 9th, at full gear, when you challenge Le Champion for the AEW Championship, you know what's going to happen to you? I'm going to beat the ever-living shit out of you. Go, Cody! And then we're going to walk the streets of Baltimore, and we're going to have a little bit of the bubbly in celebration. We are the inner circle. You're welcome. Well, Chris Jericho answered a lot of questions there. Might as well start printing t-shirts, Tony. Inner Circle. You may want to visit shopaew.com because I got a text message that said shopaew.com Inner Circle. Well, what a group. How about Hager? Staring at the camera, not moving. No facial expression. Scary man, Jim. Yes, and now you too can get your Inner Circle All Elite Wrestling T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com. And they are available. They are, uh, well, depending on the kind of shirt you get, they start at $24.99. Yeah, and here's the, and here's the thing, Sean. The, well, after, after that promo hits, the Pro Wrestling Tees site actually crashed. Wow. Because of the amount of traffic, everybody logging on, wanting to get their hands on an inner circle t-shirt. That tells well, you right there. You want you want you want to talk about effective promos. That was an effective promo. Well, let's talk about this even more though, Steve. It's, because, it's so, uh, it's so much, yeah, let's let's get into the technicals behind it, Sean. Go ahead. Well, the thing about the thing about this is uh, you need to notice the difference between these two promos. A WWE promo is scripted. This is Chris Jericho going off the top of his head, probably giving some bullet points and say, "Here, shoot." <laughs> and that's what yeah. you got. If, it's not somebody right. scripting every damn word that comes out of somebody's mouth. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Mm. That's that's the point. And if and if you look at it, okay, let's break down the elements of that of this particular promo. Okay. So Chris starts out, yeah, he talks he he talks about first off, he puts over the company. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. He talks about he talks about you know, the fact that it was the biggest premiere audience ever for a show on TNT. That's so correct. Bigger than Nitro. Company, putting over, putting over the putting over the show. Then he starts putting over everybody in the group. 
Yep. Starts out starts out with Guevara. Okay. Look at how sexy he is. That was the greatest line that I heard I, I all almost, night. It made me bust the I gut. I spit my water. I spit my water. <laughs> Darren, when your hands aren't full, can I have my and, water? And, and Guevara's reactions to it, too, were absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And the one thing, too, yeah, the one thing, too, funny. I'm glad he got rid of the panda bear. Me, too. Right? Yeah. Even yeah, even Jim Cornette did not understand the panda bear. Thank you, baby. Yep. Yep. So you got that. Okay. Then he goes on to Santana and Ortiz. And Ortiz, oh, my God. Ortiz is, was, I mean, this was the epitome of, I'm crazy, essay. You know, with that <laughs> tongue flicking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that. And yeah, then, and- okay. Yeah, go ahead, Katie. They and then also I don't know if you're gonna say the same thing, but I'm gonna say it anyways. And then Viva La Raza just for Eddie, because well, it was his birthday right. the day before. It was yes. exactly. Thank you. That's exactly where I was going with that. Very uh, good. But Ortiz good. also, uh, when he <laughs> was doing that, made some people think he was dehydrated. What? Dehydrated? <laughs> oh my. Well, because the way he was, <laughs> you know, sticking his tongue out, licking his lips, back and forth, back and forth. Few of my friends yeah. were watching it with me last night, and they're like, "Is he dehydrated?" No, no I'm crazy, essay. What? You never watched a Harry Potter movie? You Barty Crouch licking his lips, remember? Yeah. <laughs> From yeah. Dark Lord, you know, like, yeah, he's crazy, right. essay. <laughs> and then came the Jake Hagar section, and that was the day. best one. Oh not only did he, not only did he put over. Jake's rec- record and reputation as a wrestler and as a legitimate MMA fighter because he is undefeated in Bellator. But at right. the same time, when he when he interrupted everybody that was doing the We the People and said that was that was an idea that sucked from bad creative but dead and gone. He basically, he took a ton of dirt on the stoop end of a bulldozer and buried Vince McMahon with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And WWE creative, all of it. I mean, he not yeah. only buried Vince, he buried I, anyone that's been creative that ever made him do some of the stupid shit that he did. Yeah, he did right. stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we the people. That that him and him and Cesaro. Oh, I hated it. And yeah, so did I. So did I. I never liked that. I never liked that angle. I didn't like Mex America. I thought that was stupid too. No. So, and then okay, then he goes. Then he goes on from there to proceed to put over. His match with Cody put over the tag match with Dustin. Mm-hmm. Now, while he does this, yeah, he's he's going off on the family, and there was a, there was at least one person in the family, and I'm and uh, I'll go ahead and well, got to got to bring got to bring this up while while we're while we're at it. That was not happy. About this, 
and in fact, um, and in fact, uh, said that Jericho was lazy. She took she took on uh, she took to this on Twitter. Um, Teal Runnels Gurgle, who is who is uh, one of Dusty's daughters. Okay. And she said, and and she shot, and she shot at this. Um, she says, "Real lazy promo work as usual from Le Champion. At least they found him a better fitting jacket." And then another response, talking about my dad is lazy AF. Now, that's, I'll now tell you what, it might have been. That's it might have been a lazy that's her promo. But I, I disagree with her. I do too. And I'll tell you why. Because for however long it's been since Dusty died, WWE has kind of had this rest hold on the whole Dusty Rhodes legacy. And now, mm-hmm. since the inception of All In and All Elite Wrestling, we are getting to see a side of Dusty that the WWE wouldn't show. I expect there to be some kind of memorial tournament in the future for Dusty, whether Vince likes it or not. Right. Right. I expect to see the bunkhouse stampede brought back because Vince won't do it by AEW. And if I'll tell you right now, if Vince didn't have the rights to war games, Lord help him if AEW had it because they do it right. They do it the old school way and they do it right. Sure. Well, you know that that's thanks that thanks to MLW being smart, catching it, and then winding up selling it back to Vince for a uh, hefty little profit. There, there are a couple of pay-per-view names that Vince got rights to that I don't agree with because they were Dusty's creations, and that is Starcade, which they have not used this year yet. I think they're using that Thanksgiving weekend, and the Great American Bash. Yeah. Yeah, those were two of Dusty's but, creations. That look, we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had WrestleMania if it wasn't for the first Star Game. Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. That that was Dusty's. That's what boomed the whole revolution was Star Game. Yeah. Star Game came on the scene, boomed the scene. Couple, not even a few uh. years later, you have WrestleMania, it booms the scene again, and. That's what wrestling in the 80s was. It was a big boom period. And then in the 90s, wrestling fell on its ass because of the steroid scandal and what happened with the Iron Sheik and uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan where the cat got let out of the bag. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. There was a lot lot of that 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 happened in that. I mean, literally, if you're a wrestling fan and, and... you were born in the 80s, you have a hard time watching today's wrestling because wrestling back then was a hell of a lot different than what it is now. This is going to transition us to our next segment. The NWA studio show was fucking phenomenal. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but man, I've only only caught a little bit. But but talking about promos, that's the next one we got to play. Go ahead. Because... This was the this was the promo. They they started they started the show um, out 
with with the with the announced team, and then it goes from there. So we'll we'll take it from the point. Okay. with Ed Capral in the 60s at Channel 11. World Championship Wrestling in the 70s with Gordon Foley and later in the 80s with Tony Schiavone, David Crockett, Jim Ross, and myself over at Channel 17. And now the National Wrestling Alliance has brought studio wrestling back to the sport and back to Atlanta where it all started with NWA power. That's right. And you're going to see amazing action tonight. Our NWA World Tag Team Champions will be in action Last two will be the NWA World Champion, Nick Aldis. That's right, and as a matter of fact, before we get into action, we've got our own Dave Marquez standing by to talk to the NWA Champion himself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to NWA Power. I'm David Marquez. Now please welcome the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. This is the National Treasurer, Nick Aldis. How you doing, champ? Wonderful. Welcome to the program. You know, you and I now, we've got to know each other pretty well over the last couple of years. And uh, we've been around the world, went to China together. What does all of this mean to you? David, an incredibly brilliant, handsome man once said, it is so hard to be humble. And when I think about the fact that I'm coming up on one year, 365 days as the real world's champion. Sometimes, sometimes it's so hard to stay hungry. But then I think about just how far we've come from a punchline to a headline. The NWA is here in Atlanta, GA, and I'm fired up, and I know you people are too. Then I think about the great champions we have representing our organization. Wildcard, Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs. From nothing to something to everything as the World Tag Team Champions. James Storm, do not have to like him, but he does a hell of a job as the national champion. Allison Kay, not a lady you want to trifle with. Continuing a legacy set forth by Mildred Burke and forging her own. In the back. There are men and women, seasoned professionals, dues paid in full, gunning to be the best. And the men are gunning for Sweet Charlotte, the 10 pounds of gold, the world's heavyweight wrestling championship, which brings me to you, Tim Storm. Tim, I respect you as much as any man I've ever met in this line of work, but respect is a two-way street. And when you look at me, know that every stitch of clothing I have on, the jag parked outside, every meal I've ever put on my son's dinner table has been paid for by professional wrestling. So if you think that I busted my ass from coast to coast and across four different continents, just to do the J-O-B in the ATL, you got another thing coming, my friend. So what say you and I, what say you and I go out there and get after it like men? And when this is all said and done, you will know why I'm the national treasure and the world's champion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, 
call this Sweet Joe? Jim, back to you. This is our main event, and it promises to be absolutely spectacular. The stakes could not be higher for Tim Storm, as he's going to have an opportunity to regain the 10 pounds of gold. But if he loses, he'll never get another shot at the title. And that is what the NWA is all about. And I want to talk about this briefly. Uh, Steve and I had the privilege of being a part of the NWA affiliate program before it fell apart in 2010 um, under Ed Schumann. And anybody that knows anything about the NWA knows that Ed Schumann was the backbone to the NWA for decades, going back to the time where Dennis Coraluzzo was the president. Yep, yep. The NWA Um, will always hold a special place in my heart because it's tradition. It's tradition that you cannot get with any other wrestling organization in the world. The WWE Championship might date back and have some lineage to it of Pat O'Connor and all of that. But the NWA, that title, to me, will always be the real world championship. Well, also too, when you when you look at the when you look at the uh, lineage of the organization in terms of in terms of time, okay. Now, now the NWA, you know, originally they always claimed their lineage back to 1917. In reality, it uh, was probably around 1935 when it was actually formed. Um, and, and the date then, that they the, the date that they put in history <clears throat> is 1948. Um, okay, is what okay. what they're using. Right. But I know that it was formed right. before that because there were promoters that were just sick and tired of you know not having yeah. one one recognizable champion. That was the whole reason the NWA was formed. We need one guy right. that represents this organization as our heavyweight as our world heavyweight champion and is going to travel the territory in order to defend that belt. Right, exactly, exactly. See, now had had Vince not gotten what he had gotten, WWE, WWF would have been, and technically still is, the baby organization. Because that came about in 1963, as I recall, uh, the AWA was created in 1960. Right. So, um, so, you know, so that, so the, so that legacy of that belt and, and, you know, this is, and this is the thing and I'm, and I, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to go a little bit, I'm going to go a little bit, maybe what might be maybe considered negative here, but you know, we do have to be honest about a few things with this. Yeah, right. they're they're running a studio wrestling show, okay. So, but this is all coming direct out of out of pocket of Billy Corgan, okay. They're doing they're running a show that they're taping and putting on Facebook Live and YouTube, and hoping that they'll have enough viewership that eventually they'll be able to monetize it. Where and what he means by that, folks, is sell it to a TV station that would actually air. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about, John. I'm talking about 
if you get enough subscribers and enough viewers on YouTube, this is what Tony's talked to you about. Then what happens is that for every person that watches the particular episode, they get paid a certain amount of money. That too. Okay. You know, is is there is there hope to eventually you know syndicate somewhere? Yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, because because you know Billy Corgan is rich, yes, but he's only a millionaire, and he's battling against two billionaires. Okay? Yes. We know we've always known Vince has always bragged about being a billionaire. Tony Khan doesn't doesn't brag about it, but he is also a billionaire. He and his he and his father are longtime sports team owners. Um, right. They own they own uh, Fulham of the uh, of uh, um, Barclays Premier League. And of course, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. So they they have they have money beyond money, but then at the same time, they also were able to ink not just national but international TV deals because they have they have already they have the deals with. TNT, of course, here in the States. TSN up in Canada, where Katie is. Yep. And um, and uh, ITW over in uh, over in the UK. Right. So. And we know about um, all the deals that Vince has. He's got international markets as well. Um, now right. here's the one exactly. thing that I want to bring up about the NWA. Um, back at the time of that attorney guy. Uh, when he was president of the NWA, he restored the <laughs> relationship. I noticed. I noticed, I noticed we're we're uh, using the same uh, term that uh, Bill Barons used when uh, when we had him on that yes. attorney guy. <laughs> when when he was the president, he restored the relationship with New Japan and the NWA. So could we see the NWA title go back over to Japan? I'd honestly mm. love to see it. I, I really would. There's some great talent over in New Japan. I think Nick Aldis could work with almost anybody on that roster and have an outstanding match. And he has guys that I believe that he has, in fact, worked with in the in the past in uh, Will Ospreay and Jay White. That's correct. So that's a huge possibility right there. The other possibility is the NWA has said they will work with anybody outside of Impact Wrestling. They will not work with impact. Oh wow! Right. Well, so, I mean, after all, all the all the uh, all the lawsuits and countersuits between uh, that's correct Corgan and uh, Dixie, and then Corgan and Anthem. Yeah, no, there there will never be an impact NWA connection ever again. Here's what I can see: We've seen that AEW has brought in the NWA World Title in the past. It could return there. It could return on TNT. That'd be very cool. It would help out the end of, excuse me, the NWA a lot. The other possibility I see is the NWA continuing to partner with Ring of Honor and and do NWA ROH co-branded event. Which, if you haven't watched any of those, you need to go back and watch them because Crockett Tough was outstanding. 
Um, yeah. That, that's where I see this going until they can get enough viewership to be able to go to pay-per-view. When that happens, look out. Because you're going to get that old school wrestling feel that you're not getting with anybody else right now. That's the great thing about the studio wrestling. Um, now, a lot of people are complaining. Well, they don't have the biggest crowd. It is, studio wrestling was never meant to draw a big crowd. Studio wrestling was meant for you to tune into on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, whenever it aired, and be for the viewers at home. That's right. all studio wrestling right. ever was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, studio wrestling was actually the the original concept was to put on put on matches where you got to see the stars and then there would be promos that would be set up to market the house shows in whatever market that the studio show was airing in. So like, you know, like, you know, going back to going back to my growing up with the AWA. The show that was taped in Minneapolis. Yes. They would then they would then have interviews that would set up for shows here in Chicago. Originally at the uh, at the International Amphitheater, and then later at the UIC Pavilion. Right. For the Minneapolis-St. Paul market, they would cut those same promos for shows at the St. Paul Civic Center. That's correct. They would um, do. They would have. They would have promos for Denver, San Francisco, all all those. Minot, North Dakota, Milwaukee. All those, all those areas that they had, you know, the, they would, they would have, they would have interviews set up to promote the local house shows, and that, yes. was, and that was the main point behind a studio wrestling TV show. It was, was to get people into the house for shows. the promotion to get to the house shows. Yeah, exactly. Now let's break down let's break down Aldis's promo here real quick too though while we're while we're at it guys. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Now again, Aldis starts out by bringing up the other champion. And yes. spoiler and spoiler alert, um, the NWA tag team titles changed hands on this taping. Um but he, you know, but he he mentioned every champion that was a champion at the start of that particular taping. That's correct. I believe the NWA World Tag Team Champions right now are the Rock and Roll Express. Correct? Yes, they are. Ooh, very nice. Yes, they are. So and I want then, to talk about that just for a brief second goes, uh, because okay, these guys. Go ahead, I want to get back to that. Well, I, we just got to say, Ricky and Robert Gibson, we don't even know their ages, but they continue to defy <laughs> well, Ricky, father time. Ricky, well, Ricky's, Ricky's just a year younger than I am. He's 61, remember? He said that when he was on here. Uh, like I said, they, they continue to defy father time. Huh? Because, look, they're still out there. They're still taking the bump. They're still doing 
they're not as fast as what they once were, and and we'll have to, you know, we say that, but we also have to say that for guys in their age, they can still go just as well as a uh, 20-year-old guy off the street that, that just right. started training. Right. These right. two but are know phenomenal. The psychology to right. have adapted knowing what their bodies won't take anymore. Well, and, and that's still the difference. managed to make it work. And, uh, that's just it. These are two guys that have defied father time and for what? Almost four decades they've been going strong. Yeah. 80s, yep. 90s, 2000s. You know, I mean, this it's incredible. And we got to talk about Tim Storm a little bit. Here's the guy in his right. 50s. That's that where is, I was going to go next. So go, go, go ahead, ahead. Steve. Uh, well, I was going to say, the guy because is, if you notice, one Nick goes time. back. Yeah. Nick goes back and then starts talking about Storm. Starts putting over the match that he is going to have later on in this episode with Tim Storm. So he brings so he brings it to a circle and closes it out. Oh. Yeah. And, well, and, and also mentions the fact that everything that he's got professional wrestling, wrestling bought him. Right. And and nobody is going to take that off of his table. Right. Well, and the other thing no that we what. have to talk about is here's Tim Storm. They did a uh, interview segment or something with him that aired. And here's the guy in his 50s that has held the NWA world title that knows his days are numbered. And this is something that you don't get with WWE and some of the other promotions because, quite frankly, WWE doesn't want a guy in his 50s unless you're Hogan. Right. Uh, or Flair. You know, they – Tim understands that his days are numbered, and when he delivered that in the promo, it was fine-chilling because here's a guy you kind of feel a little bit sorry for and sympathetic for – because he's had that NWA world title before. He's been the main champion, and he's looking to get one last piece of glory before he hangs up the boots. I thought that yeah. was genius. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, and then uh, if I remember right, they also bring up the fact that, uh, you know, it's not it's it's not it's not been his bread and butter. He's had to rely on a regular career and in his case being a teacher in order to basically pay for him to be able to go out and wrestle. Absolutely. And and you know, this is this is something that wrestling doesn't have. We're getting raw emotion from Jericho, but we're also getting the raw emotion from the NWA, which you're not getting anywhere else. The raw emotion that the NWA has is a lot different than the raw emotion that AEW has. It's hard to explain, yeah. but it, it's different. Well, I think. Well, I think what I think what it is. Okay, um, you've got you've got with AEW, you've got a young brand of hungry guys that 
Oh, some of them have an international reputation, such as the Bucks and Omega. Or the Lucha Brothers. Right. Um, the, uh, um, yeah, I know. I know. Um, the, uh, what are, what are, what are they calling Evans and, uh, and Helico? Um, oh, I can't, I can't remember right now. Uh, best friends with Orange Cassidy, private party. And we definitely have got to talk about private party in hour two because that was just phenomenal. Yes, it was. Uh, that was probably one of the match, uh, probably the best match of the night by far was Private Party against the Bucks. And what an upset in Private Party. You didn't expect to see that. A lot of people thought, eh, the Bucks are going to put themselves over. No, they brought, put over the team. They went to House of Glory to sign to bring to AEW. And I thought that was a great move. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, that's, I I loved I loved the fact that you know I kept I kept reading it on social media, wrestling news source Twitter. Yeah, the Bucks the Bucks are gonna the Bucks are gonna put themselves over as champions. Blah blah blah. And when and when that and when that pinfall happened. I hit up and I and I posted up. So for all of you that thought that the bosses were going to put themselves over, you can stick it. Well, and it's kind of like everybody thinking that Cody's going to win the AEW World Championship in November. Spoiler alert: He's not going to win it. Something something drastic is going to happen at that next pay per view that's going to up ratings for AEW. And Cody's not going to win that belt. I fully suspect right. the next member of the inner circle will debut at full gear mm-hmm. on November 9th. Whoever it may be. Good. Yeah, because there because we know that AEW is pulling a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that they're not letting on. Um, Tony Khan uh, in his uh, um, post-show press conference after the first episode basically said that they had had Hager signed for months but they managed to keep that completely under wraps well and and so, I, I want to I want to be the uh, armchair booker here I guess for a second and then I'll let Steve <laughs> or Katie play into this but my thought was something big they could do on television. And when the lights went out last night, I honestly thought this was what was going to happen. There is nothing bigger that they could do to me personally than get Sting, buy him out of his WWE contract, have him appear on AEW television, and say that he's physically cleared to compete. Oh, my God. That, I mean, you're going to have wrestling fans hurting for that. Yeah, we know we know that we know that no, physically he'll never be able to work again. That's that's been that's been a given. However, would it be wild to see especially if if he could if he can manage it because if because if you notice anybody who happened to see 
the uh, blue carpet premiere for SmackDown, he was blonde again. Well, okay. and uh, would would it would it not Shit. be just an absolute jaw dropper if blonde hair, crew cutted Sting showed up at full gear? I'll tell you what, I don't even want Sting to work a regular uh, singles match. If he could work a tag match and come in and do the Scorpion Deathlock and, and, you know, the Scorpion Death Drop, I'd be happier than a pig in shit. Because, oh, look. that's it. Have some, have some, have some, hell, have, have, par, have the partner do, do the work and that, and then hand it off to, hand it off to him for the finish. Yeah. That, I mean, would, be, my, that would be absolutely killer. Uh, there's not a lot of WCW guys left that can still go, and Sting was the WCW franchise player for how many years? For that, most of the life of most of the life of that promotion. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, it's it's one of those things that uh, you gotta you gotta sit there and think about who can get you the most drawing power to your program, and Sting Sting is obviously number one. Right, right, because because a TNT audience who was brought up on WCW Monday Nitro, if they find out, if if all of a sudden on a pay-per-view, Sting shows up, oh my, think of what that TV number would be like four nights Never later. Mind. Never mind. Imagine the pop. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. but I'm saying, look at yo. I mean, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. I mean, not only would they eclipse NXT, which they are already doing, they right. would eclipse Raw and SmackDown yes. if they if they could pull this off. Because here's the thing: that is the one guy that wrestling fans from the '90s still want to see, besides The Undertaker. There, there were yep. two guys out of the 90s that everybody will still pay to see, The Undertaker and Sting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. And, and I feel not. cheated as a wrestling fan by Vince McMahon that I never got to see that match. I know they brought in Sting later, but they could have done that right away and gotten it out of the way and been done with it. Because that, that in itself could have sold yeah. out a WrestleMania. But, yeah. But... Now, here this the whole thing with this with that signing, and I mean, you know, I I still I still get upset when I think about this. Okay, the whole thing with that signing was that Vince wanted to bury WCW once and for all, and Sounds the only it. way he could do it was to bury the last holdout. The guy who would not sign with him for love or money, and when he finally oh. got him, okay, here buried him. You, you're yep. like my son. Man, looks like now shit. he right now 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 he is now now Sting has admitted in interviews that he had already figured to him that WrestleMania was going to be his farewell match. 
And instead, they wind up feeding him to Rollins. Then Rollins does the botch, messes up Sting's neck, and, you know, there goes his career. Right. You know, so that's the one point where, like I say, I'm I'm kind of doubtful it would happen with AEW. I would love to see it. I mean, you know, the old school wrestling guy in me that was watching Sting before he broke into the business. Oh, would love to would love to see him step in one more time. I mean, if he was in physical condition, I'm going to put this one out there too. Him versus Jericho for that belt, that would sell some money. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, you got Indeed. two. Uh, you got two WCW I mean, originals that can still go if, if Sting were still be in physical condition, and the, that may bring back it. That could bring back a half a million wrestling fans in itself, right there. Right. I mean, hey, let's let's be honest, guys. Think about think about this, okay? The main event last night on AEW had Chris Jericho. And Dustin Rhodes in it In front of A sold out Arena Now there is some question to that I did see some pictures online However I did some research and found out The pictures that were online Were matches that they were filming For AEW Dark And for those that don't know Any match that does not make air From the arena on TNT Ends up on AEW Dark. And if you didn't watch last week's AEW Dark, man, there were some great matches in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well that's I mean that's the gang that's the gang uh tag match with uh um private party and best friends against um uh Hydraulic Two. That's I think that's what they're calling in Helico and Evans and uh Lucha Brothers. Right. And oh. I mean look, it was this is this is a way to do this TV. This is a way to build this program. Um, you know, I'm I'm a fan all the way around, and I know people that are watching that are have been watching WWE that are tuning into AEW and going, I don't want to switch back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've I've been I've been watching. I've been looking at social media. I mean, I always do, but I start. But I was really paying attention. Right after, right after Hell in a Cell on Sunday night, and in addition to the um, videos of the crowd chanting AEW, which actually had already started before they went off the air, along with the BS chants, there were also the refund chants that were uh, happening. So wow! Also, oh, really? Refund? Yes, yes. Oh my! And shit. I mean, we're talking a mass chant of refund from the crowd. I mean, we're talking literally, you know, thousands of people that were in that building that were that were oh chanting refund. Here's the thing about that ending to Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell's <clears throat> typically going back to the day, except for the original one. 
were always no disqualifications. Even the original one, because when Kane ripped that door off Hell in a Cell and pile drive the Undertaker, the referee did not stop the match. Right. Right. What Which, the hell happened what? this weekend? Right. Well, you know what? That that brings that brings me to the other one because here's a little here's a little tidbit that maybe a lot of people don't uh, know about. But um, while the pay per views are going on um, on uh, YouTube and Periscope, they do a little thing called WWE Watch Along, where they will have um, people who you know, either are not scheduled. Um, had already had their matches or uh, um, WWE uh, Hall of Famers that will that will be that will be in there. They they set up this like living room setup with uh, veggie trays and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so so you've got so like uh, you'll sit there and Big E will be sitting there. Watching watching the match with Matt Hardy and a few and Cesaro and a few other people and they'll be commenting on it and it's and it's whole shoot. Okay, well, who was there on WWE Watch Long during the main event? But X Pac himself, Sean Waltman, and here was what Waltman said immediately upon the finish. And this lays it out really solid. Don't ask me back for another one of these, but how the hell do you get DQ now? Did he get DQ to stop the match? I don't know if he got DQ'd. And and Natty was sitting there watching this as somebody as somebody said, Natty's sitting there going, Well, uh I just work here and I want to keep my job, so I'm not saying a word. You know, the Waltman is like, yeah, I may not, I may not be asked back here, but how in the, you know, I mean, and he's and he's dead and he's dead right. How in the fuck? He's no. How in the how in the how in the heck? Wow. Say H E double hockey sticks. Oh my god. Yeah. That's you know. Does that does it wind up in a DQ? And they and and people were uh, hacking into uh, the uh, Hell in a Cell uh, page on Wikipedia, saying that you know where it says matches are no disqualification, and then and then people are people are editing in unless unless uh, unless w, unless uh, they want to. Protect a protect a certain champion. Um, I was seeing right. I was seeing uh, I was seeing um, Roman Rollins was uh, was being posted on social media. Seth Reigns. I mean, he was. I mean, he was getting he was getting trashed out. And Absolutely. then, and then, guys, the hashtag. Canceled WWE Network started no. appearing. Come on. Well, now, well, I've well, we've seen this before, but never really seen any results of it. This time, people were posting up screenshots of their cancellation notices. 
Yes. Oh my. So yeah, it, we're talking. We're talking. People got dead serious about this. And then uh, and then Ryback chimes in saying, "Hey, that you guys, you know, you've got an option. You can you can vote with your you can vote with your remote. Wednesday night, there is a show on TNT that you can watch instead of WWE." Yep. And uh, this this is very serious. There's some people highly offended of this. Well, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back. And in the second hour, I deliver right. my Rampage rant as I have found a new sex offender wrestler. Oh, we will no. be uh, exposing here live in just a few minutes. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Rampage Rant Thursday Night Turmoil on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back.
in professional wrestling this weekend. We hope that it's not the following. This Saturday night at the Northeast Philly International Guard Armory, Craptastic Wrestling presents a non-star-studded car of unexplainable matches featuring the Mid-Afternoon Express versus Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy in a Falls Count Nowhere match. Jerry Idol versus Austin Waller in a fully empty arena match. Our main event, Arnold Zippel Jr. versus Oliver Wendell Douglas IV in a Fans Bring the Steel Cage parts match. Admission is just $1 because that's all this crap is worth. That's Craptastic Wrestling this Saturday. Doors open at 6 p.m. Matches start whenever we feel like it. Be there! Yep, admission is just one dollar. That's all. This Saturday night at the Birmingham Fairgrounds, Mud Show Championship Wrestling presents an all-star card of action-packed wrestling matches just for you. In the main event, Sam McCallahan faces Jelly Janella in a bleak 182 death match. Featured match, Joey Ryan versus Priscilla Kelly in a puke on the naughty parts match. First person to puke on their opponent's naughty parts loses. Ew! Garden Rake on a pole match. Special wheelbarrow race and much, much more. All that this Saturday night at the Birmingham County Fairgrounds. It's Mud Show Championship Wrestling. You don't want to miss it. Y'all better be there. Yes, we we, we hope this weekend is not one of those events for you. Um, I'm going to go to something about one of those clips that we played in just a second, but I want to get to this first because this is just downright disgusting. So I'm going to play this and we'll get to it. Okay. another uh, wannabe promoter and wrestler that is also a sex offender. And this guy has got, let me count them here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve aliases. Huh? Oh my god. 
What? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. This is can, this Jesus information. Christ, you got to come up with these aliases, and then you got to be these aliases, and each alias has to be a different. You know, I'm like, how the hell do you keep this shit straight? Like, this I understand exactly. also personality and shit, but that's just dumb. This information can be found at records.txdts.state.tx.us. His name uh, is Texas. Yes. His name is Figures. Charles Edward White. He uh, is a lifetime sex offender. Uh, they say his risk is low, but they also, they also say that um, the statue is a, a Louisiana revised statue. The victim was a female. The victim was 14, and the disposition date was 2003. I'm going to be stuck. Um, 14 this guy, old, oh, my God. This guy is evidently a promoter. He go his wrestling name is Stryker, and I'm gonna read off his aliases. Oh my god. Uh, Charles Edward White is his primary alias. The other ones are Stryker Rambo or Rambo Stryker. Charles White. Charles Ed White Jr. Charles Edward White Jr. Oh, Charles White Edward. Is he ever Rambo White. Striker White. Charles mm-hmm. White. XX Striker. XX Rambo and Ed Charles White. Oh my god. His oh, offense Lord. was sexual battery. So, okay. any promo- so anybody in Louisiana? Anybody in the Louisiana or Texas region that has more information on this guy, please get a hold of myself, Sean David Hubbard, on Facebook or Steve Kane, because we want more information on this to bring you next Thursday. Because I want to know the name of his promotion. I want to know some of the other details that we can find out about this, because this is downright just wrong. Yeah. And now I'm going to let Katie and Steve have the floor. You're saying his risk is minimal. Listen to his his charge, sexual right. battery. Okay, I don't even know what that includes. Is that is that rape or? Okay. You know what? That's... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna look that up because I got it. Um... Sexual battery okay. is an unwanted <laughs> form of contact with an intimate part of the body that is made for purposes of sexual arousal, sexual okay. gratification, or sexual abuse. Sexual battery yep. may occur whether the victim is clothed or not. It is a crime which varies by state laws, so local laws should be consulted. Okay. But is it different from sexual assault, which is also considered rape? Uh, hold on. Let me look that up. You know I need to know. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's called different things in different places, right? You see, but 14, in some places, that's the age of consent. Yeah. Sadly. Okay. Uh, uh, sexual assault, uh, from what they're saying, invore, involves some kind of tr- penetration, whether vaginal, anal, okay, or oral, be, right. or drug-facilitated right. sexual assault. 
Okay, I get it. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get why we're allowing people like this into the wrestling business to begin with. This has been a problem for years, and everybody's going to point the finger at Steve and I and go, Sean, well, you work with Big Dad. Sean, you, know, you want to know what, what I don't get is why are we testing on animals when we have prisons full of fucktards like this to test on? Please. You know, well, like, you know, why can't we test on them? It's what we need. They need to be tested for, you know, like heart medication and other shit like that. Fuck it, test mascara on them. I don't care. Um, I did some I did some sure. history digging into a season of American Horror Story and actually found out that uh, wards that hosted tuberculosis patients they would actually experiment with drugs on the tuberculosis patients and yeah. do other kind of experiments like lobotomies and stuff on those kind of patients yeah. uh, for trial and error. Yeah. Why can't we do this with People that I'm not saying all murderers, well, but if you if you shot somebody in cold blood, you deserve to be a guinea pig for whatever the hell mm-hmm. the United States needs you to be. If you're a rapist, See, that's a, you that's go another ahead. thing. That's another thing that I don't understand. I don't know what it's like in the states, but here in Canada, we used to hang pedophiles right in front of city hall. A public hanging. Everybody sees shit, everything. They did it in England too for stuff like that. Right, yeah. you know, and, and eviscerate them. Well, right. and, but the thing right. about it is, it's, it's state by state because some states, like here in Illinois, we don't have the the death penalty. They they took that we, away. We don't either. They <clears throat> took it from us too, a long time ago. Um, and it should be it should be saved for certain special cases. You know, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And I, and there's an old T-shirt that I used to have. Uh, for people like this, and it was a picture of an electric chair, and it said, I saved you a seat. Mm-hmm. Not kidding, I legitimately had that t-shirt. I got banned. I, I got kicked out of school a couple times for wearing it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but going back to the thing oh. with uh, Steve Kane and I and Big Daddy, that was a different situation. Yeah. We knew about it. Oh. We didn't know the full extent of it. And once we learned the full extent of it, he was gone. Yeah, the other reason that he was kicked yeah. out of we told weren't we told that it was inconclusive? That's first? correct. That's correct. The other thing that became the problem with Big Daddy, which is what led me pretty much to forcing him out of the company and me buying WPPF, was there was the contractual oh, obligation that he had for Wrestle Wars One. And I'm gonna go over this agreement very quickly. The agreement was Brian Blade would bring some of his talent in to represent MWA. I would bring guys that I wanted for RWF in to represent RWF. I was booking for Big Daddy, so we would agree upon who was going to be brought in and brought in to um, represent WPPF. It was supposed to be all three promoters paying for their own guys, paying their own for their own talent, and, and having a good night of action. Now, Big Daddy calls me the Wednesday before the show and doesn't have any money. Luckily, I had enough to pay his portion of the talent, so I didn't have to make any more card changes. Uh, but there was a contract signed. Uh, Victor Priest, is, I, I've still got the contract in my briefcase. Victor Priest and my mother witnessed the, him sign the contract and signed it themselves, and I have never seen yep. one penny of that money from Big Daddy. Yep. That was, yeah, which I, I drew up that contract, which said, well, which gave him, I think, what was, what, 90 days, I think, to... yes. Pay, to pay that off, and if he didn't, then 
we automatically assumed ownership of uh, WPPF, including the belts. And we never got the belts either. Yeah, we never, yeah. Um, And that is why WPPF was still left in as a part of Wrestle Wars 2, um, because he was supposed to, his repayment plan was to get Steve and I, Cowboy Bob Orton, for a certain price. I called Bob to set up the radio and television interviews and all of that. And Bob goes, well, I didn't agree to that price. I said, well, let's take care of this, Bob. At that time, Big Daddy had already fucked him over previous times. So Bob was kind of leery of of it to begin with. I call Bob and I say, hey, get to your local Walmart. I'll wire you the money directly. We'll take care of this right now and be done with it. At that point, Bob had already made other plans. Uh, It was his anniversary weekend, the weekend of Wrestle Wars 2, so he made plans with his wife. And he goes, I'd love to come in some other time. And I said, that would be great. Enjoy your anniversary with your wife. We completely understand that you're going to give up that uh, to be with us. Happy wife, happy life. And left it at that. Uh, That is why Bob Orton was not at Wrestle Wars 2. It was Big Daddy's fault. Um, but I also want to point out something quickly that also happened because of Big Daddy. For those of you that don't know, the original plan for Combat for the Cure in Sterling, Illinois, in 2012 was to feature Hacksaw Jim Duggan, a cancer survivor. Unfortunately, and Steve will tell you this, Big Daddy cost us Duggan, too, because he didn't send Duggan his deposit. No funny, no, no money, no funny. Yeah, but that was the original plan for Combat for the Cure was to have Doug in there and have it be a big thing where we were honoring cancer survivors and people that were affected by cancer. And Big Daddy shit the bet on that, which caused me to have to shit the bet. And he was also one of the one of the guys that didn't leave me with enough money for payroll. Um, which we all know how that went. I'm not going to repeat history on that, but Big Daddy caused a lot of issues. There was also a ring that I helped Big Daddy obtain. Uh, in 2010, I helped him obtain the old HCWA Midwest ring. Now, here's the fucked up story on that. John Kometz sold me the ring, and evidently, Big Daddy either gave it back to Beast or Fast Eddie or sold it back to Beast or Fast Eddie. Because I got to a certain point where I was working for him, and the ring just disappeared. Now, how does the 16 by 16, probably 2,500-pound wrestling ring just disappear? That doesn't happen overnight. Nope. Not unless it's another promoter playing smart, knows where you're keeping the ring and all of that, and has trailer loaded, ready to go. Um, so those, those were the problems with Big Dad. Now, my other thing that is uh, a, a second part of my rant tonight is there are shows that are following Jim Cornette, uh, Independence. And now we have Independence calling their shows Outlaw Mud Show. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Do you not get that that is an insult? Come on. I tell you what, back in the days that Steve grew up in in the 60s and 70s, an outlaw promotion was always a bad thing. And promoters would go out of their way to abolish outlaw promotions. Yep. Now we have people running yep. around that are outlaw promotions, and nobody wants to abolish them. Oh, it's the wrestling business. Everybody's here to have fun. We don't care if they go out and give the fans hepatitis. 
It's just about having fun. No! Come on! This is 2019. The NWA is back. Wrestling is booming. Let's have some fucking morals in wrestling again. Yep. Exactly. exactly. And when I, when, I, when I talk morals, I'm talking about people like in June of 20, uh, this year that decided to take a booking and then turn around and cancel it. That's not having morals. Uh, not doing your research on promotions that are, you're working for. That's not having morals. Due diligence before you take a booking or don't take one at all. Yep. And don't and don't take one with the with the intention that you're going to back out of it and screw the promoter and screw the fans. Not only that, but you you still got people in 2019 that agree to one price and then get to the building and try to hold off the promoter for another price. Right. Yep. That don't work. And we got Facebook and, and everything now. Back in the day, if you agreed on the price with the promoter, it was between you and the promoter. And, you know, if there was a the conflict once you got to the building, the promoter didn't have any evidence of that. Now we've got Facebook and cell phones and all of that. You can take a screenshot of the agreed-upon price and make the guy hold to it. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry, but this, this is this, – some of this shit is bullshit. And – uh, despite what I personally may think of the guy, despite what other people may think of the guy, I am going to wish a happy anniversary to IWA Mid-South, who tonight is having their 10-year, 23-year uh, anniversary, excuse me, with Vampiro. And I hope Vampiro gets more than a hot dog and a handshake. Yeah. But uh, that's 23 <clears throat> years, that's a long time. There are not several promotions that have been around 23 years. Nope. And it, it, it's not anybody that's promoted wrestling knows that getting through one year is hard enough, let alone 23. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Steve, how old was Windy City before they went away? Um, let's see. We actually, well, we I wasn't I I wasn't with it for the final uh, ten years, but uh, Windy City lasted twenty years. Wow. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. Some of these wrestling promotions, they I have heard people in the wrestling business say the usual longevity of a company is seven years. If they can go seven years, after seven years, it's harder for them to continue to be in business. Yeah, because you got to keep it fresh, got to keep it real, got to keep it what the what your audience wants. This is a pro- this is a problem that Vern Gagne had with the AWA and why the AWA in the nineties couldn't revive itself. Because he was he was so stuck in the old ways, and there's promoters out there today that have been promoting for a long time that are still stuck in their ways. I know a yeah. few from this uh, from Illinois in the Midwest. You can't. You've got to change with the times. You've got to be able to adapt with the times and bring in the talent that's going to do the things that fans want to see and be able to promote your product in a way that's still going to attract an audience. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The days of putting up flyers and praying to God people will come are gone. But I, I tell you one thing that Stephen Kane and I talked about here a couple weeks ago on the air that nobody is doing anymore, and that's telephone poles. Getting out the staple gun, getting out the posters, and stapling those sons of bitches to the telephone pole. If you get in trouble yep. by the city, great, because then you know you're doing something right. Exactly, exactly. 
Because you've got yeah. to in twenty nineteen you have to do everything in your power to attract an audience. And I'll be the first one to tell you I wasn't a fan of them to start with, but after we ran the Facebook ad for June first for RWF, I am a fan of Facebook paid ads. We legitimately reached over ten thousand people in a fifty mile radius of Pontiac. What other form of advertising is gonna let you do that? Uh-huh. And for and for as and for as little as it actually cost. Yes, it was under two hundred dollars. Okay, yeah. this is, we we don't harp on people because we want you know we know what we're doing. No, I'll admit that I failed and Steve failed at promoting. We both have, but these are things yep. that we try to tell promoters to do that don't get implemented, and then people wonder why they're drawing crowds of a hundred people. I mean, a hundred people is not is not uh, you know paying the bills, and there are some yep. promotions that are drawing that, and then going to turn around and open a school on top of it. And it's like, fuck, man, you're just digging yourself into a black hole. And and that's yep. why Steve and I sat down this week, and we're like, well, what are what are three to five ways that a school can make money? Number one is obviously your new round of trainees. You host a grand opening special. Number two, you have one night a week where you're having a cast, uh, class excuse me, dedicated just for veteran workers, for people that have been in the business more than five years, so they can come in and brush up on their skills. The third thing, if your building that you're training in is zoned properly, is birthday parties, and these are private events. So you charge a flat fee for the birthday party. You do about four matches. You get hot dogs or hamburgers and cake and ice cream and drinks for however many kids they're going to be bringing and some decorations. And you, and you make your money off that. Now, obviously, if yeah. somebody wants a birthday party and the family is rich enough and they can afford a name, you make that an option. But if they can't, you don't hang it above their head. That's yeah, how a school exactly. will make money in 2019. There are probably right. some other things that I'm not thinking of. But those are the top three things right there. Right. Well, and you know, and you know who, uh, and you know who does a lot of business doing uh, birthday parties, Sean. Our good friend not. Danny Cage. Our good yes. friend Danny Cage, the Monster Factory. Yes. And he advertises that. That's one of the, that's one of the things that he advertises is you know, um, let the you know I mean you know supervised yes. And I mean, this is this is all this is all his thing. I may not agree with it. Sean may not agree with it. You know, but he'll let the kids, you know, run around in the ring a little bit so they can feel what a wrestling ring feels like, and that put put on a few matches, and you know, you got the cake and all that stuff, and you know, I mean, he does he does show. You know, Book a book a bunch of those and, and makes money out of that. Well, and the thing about the kids in the ring, you know, it's got to be supervised because I have, I have seen kids get in that ring and slip and fall, and you've got an insurance lawsuit waiting on your hands. Yeah, right. You you've got to be careful about that. They can't be getting on the top and second rope and jumping off because somebody can get hurt. And when somebody gets yep. hurt, that's when your ass is in trouble. And we all know. Yep. Wrestling promoters, most of us that are doing this on the independents are not rich and wealthy men. If we were rich and wealthy men, we'd be competing with Vance. 
Uh, a lot right. of these, you know, everybody's or, got their or own budget. Be smart enough, or we'd be smart enough not to open a wrestling promotion. <laughs> right. Um, you know, those are the things. You've got to be careful. I've, I've, I've said some things about that in the past because I've seen kids get hurt, and I've seen promoters get sued. You've got to be careful about it. You know, if the parents are standing ringside and you've got security guards in the ring making sure nobody's hurting each other and nobody's getting hurt, then yeah, I'm okay with that. But if you, if you're at a if you're running a show and a wrestler calls all the kids in the ring and he's not watching, he can't watch and pay attention to all of them, and there's nobody else watching to pay attention, then no, because somebody's gonna get hurt. That that ring that ring could hurt a child worse than it could hurt an adult, depending on where you land. Yep. Yep. Prime example um, right here. Right. I mean, I remember when I was 13 and, and started training, and, and one of the first bumps I took, I smoked my head. They're like, well, you oh. learned not to do that again. Don't do that said, yeah, I'll learn that real quick. And then I turned around and bruised my tailbone because you got to get, get the rhythm down, okay? A child taking a bump, I don't agree with, you know, depending on their age. If they're a teenager, yeah, that might be all right, depending on their age. But a seven-year-old taking a bump, no. Their, their bones are not ready for that kind of punishment and that endurement. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the story real quick. The, the ring that I started training in actually had a piece of sheet metal over the boards to keep the boards from slipping. So if you landed in oh. the middle of the ring and didn't land right, you were landing right on that steel plate. Fuck. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and my brother just said, my brother just said from the other room, it hurt like a son of a bitch. Because um, he heard me talking about it, you know. Ow. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm feeling and, it. And I'm I feeling worked. It. And I worked in. And I worked in that ring. <laughs> uh, I love the people of Wicked to Death, but that ring, oh my god! Uh, After Jonas got a hold of it, it it, it, it was over. Um, yeah. You know, so that's that's the thing. You you've got to be able to know what limitations you have as a promoter, as somebody running the school, as a trainer. Um, you, you're you know, if you're opening a school, your trainer can't be Joe Smo from down the road. If they're locally known in the town and the area, and, and they're an area star, then maybe it'll work. Or you've got to go bigger. You know, one of the one of the greatest guys that I had the privilege of talking to earlier today that's going around and doing a lot of training is Bob Evans. Yep. Bring him in. Bring bring somebody in with enough experience behind them that it's going to make your training of whomever legitimate. And there's an old saying about training. If you can't get trained by somebody that's been to the dance, don't expect to go to the dance. Exactly. What I mean by that is a bigger yeah. company. So I'll let Steve yep. segue into our next segment here. All right. Well, let's see. Where? Okay, guys. Where do we? Where do we want to go? Do we want to? Uh, where do you want to go? And since we haven't, since we haven't talked about it, talk about that uh, five thousand pound elephant called Hell in a Cell, or do we want to talk about the disaster that was the Raw after it? Um, um, we can put both of those together and sum it up in holy clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, you played the clip of X-Pac. Why did that Hell in a Cell match have to end the way it did? 
Right. They're doing right. the rematch of Bray and The Fiend at Survivor Series because that was leaked on the internet on Twitter and then quickly taken down by WWE. But that is the plan for Survivor Series. Now, here is my question. Why the hell do you start a feud in Hell in a Sack? Right. No. That is supposed to be the blow-off. That is supposed to be the final match in a feud. You start I mean, off with how, regular matches. Then the one thing, you then the, you add then you add stipulations. Right. No disqualification. Lumberjack match. I'll tell you one oh, thing that um, I saw done in, anywhere. in Freeport uh, years ago. It was Mickey Knuckles against um or no, it was TW three against somebody. And they had that thing and three different ways in a no contact. One was the count out, one was double pinfall. One was double disqualification, and it finally led to the big blow-off match in the summer. If you, do a, if you set up a feud like that where it's double count-out, double disqualification, time limit draw, you know, and, and all of that, then you can build to a bigger stipulation match because now you have a bigger stipulation that has been warranted and needs to be used in order for these guys to settle their score or women. Yep. You yep. don't you don't just hey, we need a hell in a cell match. Okay, let's start a feud in it. No. Right. I, I I was shocked from that from the start. It's not that I didn't want to see the match. I think everybody wanted to see the match because the stuff that Bray Wyatt's been doing has been great. But you don't start a feud in Hell in a Cell. Now people are saying what can they do bigger than Hell in a Cell? And the one thing that they can do is a Firefly Funhouse match. They did that match years ago at the, the Wyatt compound. If they were to spend some money on this thing, they could do a right. funhouse match. Yeah, which Randy Orton kind of kind of mocked that whole idea, mocked that whole thing on Twitter. Now, in other words, we did all that for nothing, right? And and the thing about it is this: they had Bray Wyatt lose to Kane, Braun Strowman, and Seth Rollins at a house show. So you're already burying Bray. Why yeah. are you burying one of the hottest things that you have on your television, something that everybody is tuning into and enjoying, even Jim Cornette? Yep, yep. And, and, and then let's – okay, so we'll, let's look at a couple of things here. All right, in the kickoff show, the match that should have been the final match between the two of them, the end of the feud – Natty beats Lacey. Right. Okay. But instead, they decide to have a final, final match the next night on Raw. Oh, Jesus. You know? Okay. The best match on the entire pay-per-view was Becky and Sasha. It was... It was brutal it was very creative um i still love the setup where becky works up framing up the kendo sticks into the into the cell and gets the and sets the chair up in there and then finally gets sasha up in the chair goes on the apron Mm -hmm. and then delivers that running drop kick Brutal. That was. 
That's the thing. Hell in a Cell matches are meant to be brutal. They're meant to be barbaric. They have said for years, you don't leave that structure without being a different person, without leaving a part of yourself behind in that sense. How can you do that if you have a Hell in a Cell and in a match stoppage? Right. Right. It, it, and, and, and look, and the only was, the only way I would one at a time, one at a time. I know you're excited. Okay, guys, I know you're no, excited, no, but no, one no. at a time. Um, the only way that I would have that match end in a referee stoppage is if that that cell somehow imploded and fell on the wrestlers working the match yeah. inside of it. No. That's the only Agreed. way you stop. Well, the referee's match. in there too, so so he's screwed at the same time. Right. I mean, that's the only way you stop the match. Other than that, right. it's the most barbaric structure known to mankind other than Elimination Chamber, which they have ruined. Um, right. You've exactly. got... They have ruined. I, I, I don't get it. And, and you, you know, they'll turn around and just did Hell in a Cell, and here in a couple weeks, they'll have a cage match on television. Why? Exactly. Let Hell in a Cell be your cage match. Their their creative is just not getting it. It's like okay, yeah. you you know here you go, you 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 know you you poop the bed on Sunday night with your main totally event. Totally shit the bed. Totally shit the bed. So so now all right, all right. So raw, what are you going to do to start off raw to help maybe make up for it? You know, have some sort of have some sort of super hot match to to begin it off. No. What you have is you have Rusev, Randy Orton, and Baron Snorbin, Boring Snorbin. I fucking hate him. In the ring while Bobby Lashley is suddenly on Make camera it Lana. inside Rusev's house and Lana, yeah, and Lana saying, I got everything put into my name. You've got nothing. And basically, he is just, basically and he's just standing there. Right. Yeah. And he is just standing there like like a cuckold in a porno. And you got Orton and Snorbin on the outside laughing. This is your big start. This is your big way to start a show after you laid that big of an egg the night before? Well, the whole thing is they're they're doing this thing with Lana, and one of them is supposed to end up with Judge Judy, and obviously they're wanting to do the paternity test with Maury. That's what WWE television wants to do. That's what creative wants to do. They want to bring in Judge Judy. They want to bring in uh, Maury and do these fucking hokey-pokey goddamn segments. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I like honestly, I mean, honestly, guys, if we didn't like have Maury. to watch these, if we didn't have to watch Raw and SmackDown to be able to do this show, Sunday night mm-hmm. would have been my last ever WWE show. I would have canceled the network. <laughs> and... There and I would I would not have put any I would not have watched Raw. 
I would be I would have I would have watched AEW, which of course I did. And I do and I wanna and I wanna go one more thing on AEW. Okay. Go ahead. Um when I'm sitting there and we're watching everything and all of a sudden I hear Justin Roberts announce is it's now time for the main event. And I'm like, it's too soon for the main event. And then all of a sudden I look at the I look at the clock in front of the TV and it says 8:35. Right. I'm like, wait a second. It's been on for an hour and 35 minutes already. And it's kept Holy you crap. entertained the entire yeah. time. The entire time. Exactly. You know, I mean, from that, the other thing from that, that I want to I want to mention about that. the Bucks and Private Party all all the way through to the main event uh, Pac on the commentary booth was tremendous. Yes. I mean um, he he pulled he pulled off playing this, you know, bitter man who feels like he's been well, literally he has been disregarded most of his career, right. at least by right. WWE. Right. Yeah, the other thing that. that I want to mention that I like about AEW is their main events are always TV time remaining. Right. Which means, which technically means if they are still in the ring and, and TV time is up, that match is going off the air. You'll have to find out who won the next week or online or whatever. This is the kind of suspense that Dick the Bruiser used to build with his uh, program. Because he'd show right. you a match, but he'd never show you the finish. So you'd always have to turn in the following week to find out the finish. This, if, and this they is even, be our, if they even told you that. Right. Uh, this is going to be our final segment uh, for the night, for the next uh, about 10 minutes that I can be on. And uh, it is... Can what, be? What do you mean? Can um, be on. This is going to be the next uh, thing that I want to talk about. Should AEW do a United States Championship, or should they bring back the television title? Um, TV title. Yeah, rumor is rumor is there is going to be a TV title. They they want to try though to limit the belts because they want all the titles to mean something. And, and I think that's right. That's the right move. I, yeah. However, right. um, the the TV However. title, the the TV title. I think would be a better move than the U.S. title because everybody's doing the U.S. title. New Japan's got one, all of that. Let's do a TV title and let's make the TV title mean something again because they have every right. opportunity to do that. Right, exactly. Because um, they you don't have, because technically you don't on, have Steve. the Jericho. Okay. Uh, the other thing that they have, which they don't even have to call it this, but they have the cruiserweights that WCW had. If they put a match like that on. You know, when they know that uh, NXT is getting ready to do their big match, then boom, you've got the fans hooked. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's possible because, of course, they'll obviously, they are, they are running, they are running lighter guys. Um, in fact, actually, I think if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm, if my, uh, timing of what I understand happened is correct. They actually put 
the Jimmy Havoc Darby Darby Allen match on at the same time that Leo Rush was winning the cruiserweight title from Drew Gulak. To be honest, WWE crapped the bed with the cruiserweight division completely. They 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 just let that thing fall flat on its face, and there's no saving it. Mm. AEW has a chance because they've got the high flyers, and if they know where to put them in the show and how to use them, it'll be gold. But I, I, I am 100% with you guys, TV title all the way. It can mean something again. It doesn't have to be defended every week like TNA did, but at least once a month you're going to see the TV title defended on television. That's the way I think it should be. And well, when that actually, match what happens, it'll do. Well, what it'll do. All right. Go ahead, Steve. Katie, don't have to yell. Um, what it will do is it will give them a main title to have on TV. Then yes. that way you make their world title mean more because you're not going to have him on all the time. Whether that's that be whether that be Jericho or you know, whoever it is at the time, and the thing about that, that is, point. you can make you can make the uh, world title mean more. Because here's what I'd do if I were in there creative: I'd say the world title is only going to get defended on television every other month. That means six months out of the year, that title will be defended on television. The other time, we're going to focus on the tag titles, we're going to focus on the women's title, and we're going to focus on the TV title. I don't think they need more than a TV title. They don't have the need for a light heavyweight. They don't have a need no. for any other thing, anything else. Put that TV title in there and have that tag. final championship. Well, yeah, I said tag. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got the tag, yeah. you got the women's, you got the world, and you got the television title. Those are the oh, only right. four championships you need. Right. Right. So, oh, Speaking of the women's title, because, of course, uh, next week, um, Real defends that against uh, Britt Baker. I don't know if you guys saw the picture, but, uh, oh, man, uh, poor, poor Britt. She she got it again last night. Um, winds up uh, getting a uh, black eye with a mouse under it, uh, courtesy of B. Priestley. So when those two... Well, I mean, they're already playing off. They're already playing off the uh, off the uh, angle and off the program real well. But when those two finally get together one on one, oh my God! That speaking of two women, a barn burner. Speaking of two women one on one in AEW that kind of let this angle die, and I really wish they would have done it sooner rather than later. And look, I want to see this awesome Kong. Aja Kong. Uh huh. You put them. You put them face to face in the ring. Don't tease us any longer. Give it to us now. Yes. Or that's, that's what. Or go ahead, Chief. Three way. Three way. Three way. Hmm. With who? Yeah. Who do you want to put Nyla. in as the third? Okay. Oops. Excuse me. You're right. She was there too. Um, I I want to see this. I think it would be good for. For pay-per-view, good for Nyla if you put her in it. Um, Nyla actually did an interview with Awesome Kong where uh, they both talked about how Nyla was an influence and a mentor to Awesome Kong. 
and how Nyla does not want to outshadow Austin Kong in AEW because she is the veteran and the legend. I thought it was very cool. Um, I forgot to grab the audio audio for it, but you know, this is the thing you've got, you've got some real talent in AEW. You've also got some talent that's not so great, but the talent that's not so great have made names for themselves. And that's kind of where AEW has that upper advantage with the younger crowd, because this is all the, this is all the talent that people are seeing on the independents. And a lot of these guys are still working the independents. Their exclusivity has not been locked down yet. I know that MJF still works for AAW. Uh, He'll probably be there in a couple weeks when they have their next event. Um, And I'll tell you what, MJF turning face. Now, we all know he's eventually going to turn heel. um, But I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see where this goes. Because he still could deliver that badass promo that he could, but still be a complete utter baby fan. So this is going to be interesting and fun to watch. I'm a big MJF fan. We've said that for weeks. Um, I think he's one of the hottest things wrestling has right now. I wish we would have yeah. gotten to see more of him in the recent uh, past, like last week on AEW. But we got to see him last night, and I'm sure they'll be doing more with him next week and in the following week. Right. So right. I'll be excited to see I that. I mean, when he, when, when, he finally, when he finally openly turns on Cody, guys, this thing is going to be bigger. I'm, I'm saying this right now. Quote me on it. Put it on social media. <laughs> because I'm saying it right now and I and I am and I am putting I am putting my stamp on this. And if I am wrong, by God, y'all can y'all can tear me up a new one. Okay. When MJF finally turns on Cody, it is going to be bigger than when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. I'm I, calling I, that right now. It, it's going to be very close because, look, MJF has got the heart, the fans' hearts in his hands right now. And he's, when that turn does happen, it, it, it pops going to be huge. And yeah. I, think, I think I know the direction AEW is going. I think, uh, I think maybe MJF could be the next member of the inner circle, but we're going to have to wait and see. But, man, when that happens, is it going to be huge? Um, oh, yeah. So, Oh yeah, I think I think unless Steve want, has anything quickly that he wants to talk about or Katie, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us here tonight. I'd like to I thank mean, you all yeah. for joining I us. I mean, everything, yeah, because um, because of course uh, next by by next week's showtime, the draft will be over. We'll know yep. who's going where, so we can so we can uh, definitely talk a lot about that. Well, uh, we'll talk about that as much as we possibly can because next Thursday on this program, P.L. Myers is bringing us the stars of How Entertainment as they get ready to celebrate their 17-year anniversary on November 9th in Addison, Illinois. It'll be WrestleRage 17, and uh, P.L. has told me that there's some old names that have come out of the framework that want to be a part of this program. I don't know who he's bringing yet. I don't have a list. All I know is that next Thursday night on this program, we will have the stars of Power Entertainment, and uh, we'll be talking to them about them getting ready for Wrestle Rage and their big matches at Wrestle Rage, which is the big show for Power uh, for Power, excuse me, of the year. 
and uh, we don't know who will show up. We might even have Jimmy Blaze show up, and I haven't talked to Jimmy Blaze since 2012, so um, that'd be fun. I respect the hell out of Jimmy Blaze and Power Entertainment because, look, that company has been going for 17 years. And yep. Jimmy, Jimmy came, Jimmy, uh, Steve knows this. Jimmy came out of Windy City. Um, yep. Or some of the guys from Windy Jimmy, City. So. Jimmy was there. Go ahead. Yeah, Jimmy was there when I was there. Um, at that time, uh, at, at first, uh, he was uh, Firefighter Jim. Then he eventually donned a mask and became a character known as Black Iron. Um, he also he also was uh, I actually I actually technically managed him for a very short time when he was Curly Junior. Nice. So, so we'll be talking to him hopefully and all the stars of Power Entertainment, including the man, the myth, the legend, P.L. Myers, and that'll be next <laughs> Thursday night. Right back here, and it's not going to be TNT next week. It'll be a very special edition of Wrestling Authority Radio. I'd like to thank, thank you me. all for joining us on our new day and new time. Be sure to check out our Facebook and Twitters um, and follow up with us on all of that. We're going to be posting some new stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back here next week, and we hope to see you all back here. I am Sadistic Sean David along with my co-host, the Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane. And the reason why the show will never be a bag of dicks, chaotic Katie. You know what Katie, time it is, tell folks. them what time it is. You know what time it is, folks. You want to go home. But you can't stay here. Get out. Good night. Good night, everybody. Closing time.